podcast ain't played nobody. S and P Plus reveal show. It's a uh, it's a newsworthy event. Bill Connolly hates America. I love calling it a reveal. I love calling it a reveal because I've already been arguing on Twitter about it for hours. Bill Connolly hates you. He hates your children. Yeah, pretty much. And he definitely hates the fact that your team um, is better than his rankings would suggest. How much? uh, It's Sunday. We're recording this around five central time. Your rankings have been up for five hours, six hours. Yeah, five, six hours. Okay, uh, how how much interaction with um, the glorious level-headed viewing public have you had? Well, see what happens is then I get you know my stat profile stuff ready, and it requires a lot of like queries to run, and so I'm just kind of sitting there. So I'll start I'll start returning fire as I'm just sitting there waiting for this stuff to run. Oh. Um, just just be let it be known. OU fans yelled at me the loudest last week, and look what happened. Oh wow! I like Gangster Bill. I like Gangster Bill. I like Angry About Missouri Bill. 2017 Bill is salty. Let's go, Bill. Number 30. It's the old Utah Utes. Speaking of salty. Yeah, no kidding. Number 29. It's those old Texas Longhorns. And hey, everybody made fun of me, but they almost Ron Princed it. Number 28. Mississippi State. Number 27. NC State. Number 26. Michigan State. Uh, There's a lot to talk about right off the bat. (laughs) Uh, Utah lost to Stanford. Texas beat K-State. Uh, MSU's on a bye. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember yes. them playing yesterday. And then NC State, a very impressive win over Louisville. Michigan State, a very impressive win over Michigan. Yep. Um, I need to be a little recalcitrant on Michigan State, so let me get that out of the way. <laughs> kind of thought this was going to be a 5-7 and seven year. Not going to be a 5-7 and seven year. Um, it's just, I guess, it, I mean, Big Ten East is really good. Well, uh, sorry, just party. Yeah, things just click sometimes. I mean, that's that was the one when I was writing the preview this off season. That was the one thing I said about Michigan State was, I mean, yeah, they've 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 pushed a, guy, a lot of guys out. This isn't going to be the highest depth, but they've got skill here, here, and here, and maybe sometimes a new chemistry experiment with new pieces, and it forces you to have new ideas and and kind of look at things differently. Uh, sometimes it works when, especially when you've got a good coach. And so far, it's working really, really well for Michigan. It's State. working absolutely fantastic. NC and, State. And by the way, I should acknowledge, like at football study hall. I posted my uh, five factors box scores for all the games. Uh, Michigan State had approximately, I'm going to pull this up to make sure I get it right, they had 24 points worth of turnovers luck in a four-point win. So, yes, they are absolutely better. Yes, yesterday was a mess for about 38 different reasons that might not be accurate in certain ways, but good win. I definitely think we can talk about Michigan State acknowledge that we don't even have to use the word fluke. It was a strange game with strange circumstances with yep. injury concerns, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They won. <laughs> this is, a, this is a team that we were talking about in the context of three and eight or four and, you know, uh, three, possibly three getting to five and six wins. And so now at four and one, having beaten Michigan, regardless of the fact that maybe they called down some sort of like Poseidon card and playing magic, but <laughs> it worked. Let's move on. Number 25, oh, I guess the world's not ending yet. It's LSU. Number 24, Central Florida. Number 23, Georgia Tech. Number 22, Oregon Ducks. And number 21, the South Florida Bulls. Um, LSU, hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? Maybe maybe everything isn't broken and the world isn't an absolutely <laughs> terrible place. Um, they, much still, l- 
they still moved down six spots, which of course they did. Cause I mean, that's one of the things you see here. And I know if you listen to this show or you've re- you follow these ratings for a while, you kind of know how this works, but not everybody does or has. Um, you're still as the preseason projections get phased out, you have movement based on what you did this week and then movement based on what you've done over the whole season. And so like a Texas A&M fell pretty far, after you know giving Alabama a fight, a lot of that was because they they were artificially high because of the preseason projections, and they fell they fell because of that, and then they rose a little bit because of Alabama too, and it was a net game, uh, net uh, loss for them. So that's what you see with LSU. They actually played, you know, they beat Florida. They they did pretty well in that regard. They still fell because they ha- weren't very good the last couple of weeks. Uh, LSU's um, storm advisory buddies at, uh, in Gainesville have fallen 16 spots. They're, yeah. uh, they're your drop of the week. They're down at 41. LSU, uh, they did drop six for everything that you just explained, and they won. Um, it was, it looks like an ugly game. I don't know if I'd really call it an ugly game. It wasn't a good game. Um, and yes, it comes down to a missed PAT, but, you know, last year came down to uh, a pretty basic run play going right, the wrong uh, way. You know. That, that's that's this game and that's okay that's that's this rivalry so if anything if you want to feel like florida should have won this game or at least taken it to overtime and lsu probably should have won in baton rouge last year um there were a lot of false starts from lsu um it's i'm definitely not defending ed ogeron making the huge pr mistake last week of getting involved in matt canada's offense yeah. but matt canada ran his offense lsu looked good at times um this is probably the lsu you're gonna get for you know, they, they may get marginally better throughout the season, but that's okay because that the LSU that you saw yesterday was probably um, the eight win team. Yeah, top Seven? twenty good. Yeah. I would say top twenty good. And it's funny, um, you know, this game was had better offense in it than seventeen sixteen would suggest. The field position battle was part of the reason why it was low scoring. Like LSU's average starting field position I had 25 and a half yard line that's that's pretty bad but it was still three and a half yards better than Florida they were just starting every drive so deep that they'd get a couple first downs before they punted both teams had like four over 44 like a 45 and 46 percent success rate which is above average uh but there weren't a ton of big plays uh and, and it, you know it was it was a not a an entirely thrilling game but I thought both offenses showed promise yes and it's funny you mentioned promise because I want to say I think I like Franks I think I, I think yeah. it's gonna be yeah, fun yeah. to watch yeah, yeah, I think his he's the least well, not the least of their problems, but he's not the their problem right now. He's he's not hitting the throws that he needs to. He's not get like there were two or three moments where it was like if he had got him in stride, they probably would have broken something. But it's there. Just yeah. not don't don't be in LSU, Florida, and just <laughs> like. It looks like you're headed north. So yeah, he was still cry. 13 for 19. He's still a redshirt freshman. That that Davis kid, uh, freshman. Right. I, you know, there's there's a lot to like here. Um, Oregon kind of fell to earth a little bit. Um, guess what? When you lose your quarterback and your running back, these right. things are going to happen uh, yeah. in a year in which that you're starting over with a new coach and new schemes. Um, yeah, you know what? They still have defensive problems. We knew that. Um, nothing about that game really surprised me at all. Um, but I think they're going to be Burmeister. You know what? Going to be good. Going to be yeah. good. Making throws, making really interesting throws, given his uh his level and his experience. Um, but you know what? Washington state is a good, fun football team. Yeah, pretty much. They're, I mean, uh, they're further up on this list. They are. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even know what else to say. They are a Mike Leach team with a pretty good defense. And that's a concept that's really hard to, um, uh, to, to grasp after all these years. And by the way, in defense of Oregon's, um, 
of Oregon's defense, we were talking about success rate, 27% success rate for Washington. I was just talking about 45% for LSU and Florida, 27%. They had some big plays. Um, they had yep. just enough of them and they were able to generate pretty good field position. Oregon obviously couldn't do crap after a while. Um, but Wanzu was like also like a sound defense. I, I really feel like you can't overemphasize this whole Mike Leach has a defense thing enough. We can even probably turn it into a meme, but they were like, good and like in a fundamental way yeah by the way uh alex grinch former missouri assistant i just like to you know gary pinkle in okay this is an aside oh, God, i didn't really expect to get in gary pinkle has a little has an autobiography out i talked to him last week for it and everything he went out of his way to never hire family or friends it freaked him out he didn't want to do it his his uh, other assistants talked him into hiring his nephew alex grinch because grinch was so good and like two years later he was uh resurrecting the washington state defense there you go uh bill let's move on number 20 virginia tech they had a bye week at Boston College. Uh, number 19, Louisville. They lost on Thursday night. Uh, number 18, Stanford. You didn't watch it. It was late. Bill did. I watched it. Number 17. Good. I know. It's, you went to bed later tonight. We'll discuss that Strange. at another date. Uh, number 17 is the aforementioned Washington State undefeated uh, Stabby Cougars. That's how I described their passing offense on Twitter the other night where it's they will get you on a crossing route or a screen or a mesh or one of those fundamental air raid concepts, and then they will disturb you with yards after catch. Beautiful to watch. <laughs> uh, number 16, USC, 5-1, and one, totally fine after losing to Wazoo. They're going to be totally fine. They're going to win that division. Um, so that's 16 through 20. Uh, the Big uh, Big Twelve. Oof, sorry, uh, the Pac twelve North Bill is good. They're it's good. very good. They got they have they have good football teams that do yeah. good football things. When Oregon is the fourth best team in there, and I think Oregon is a could be like an eight or nine win team in a rebuilding year. Yeah, and Stanford just basically ended the race for USC. I do think that Utah was, um, and I mean, if Utah pulls off, I think they play USC this week, if I remember right. So, I mean, they still have a chance to to, to mess with things there. But unless Utah upsets USC in L.A., that's pretty much a, a, a walk at that point. Uh, and by the way, speaking of the Pac-12, let's scroll down to number 47. Okey Arizona. Dokey. Arizona has entered the top 50. Uh-oh. Uh, Wait a minute. We there he's supposed to be fired. He's 3 and 2. Uh and and, and legitimately strong like a legitimately interesting team again and good for Rich Rod. And it's not over. <laughs> they have a half a season to collapse if they really want to. Uh but so far they have figured some things out in a way that I don't think many people thought they could. Not at all. To the point I'm probably going to make a phone call and interview him and be like, "Yeah, coach, man, just want to write about how great the season's going." I knew you had it. I, yeah, I knew you had fine. it. Yep, 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 yep. Shove my whole face in his butt. Uh, that's what sports journalists do. Number 15, Bill, Michigan. Number 14, Texas Christian University. Your pack. Ah, why, why, I don't know why I'm inverting what, them. What the hell's going on here? I'm sorry. I may be having some sort of seizure. Uh, TCU is your, are your Big 12 favorites? 13, 5 and 1 Notre Dame. Ugh. Number 12, 1-3 Florida State. Hey, and guess what? Number 11 is the team that beat them, Miami. Okay. Okay. I said a lot of stuff about Miami in context of how important it was for Miami to win this game. They done won it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good they are. I just said they should win the game. Um, I don't know necessarily we need to have a coronation yet. Bill, help me out here. Um, the 1-3 – 
look, Florida State, best one and three team in the country. No doubt. All right? No doubt. Um, immediately after this game, we didn't stop and enjoy the fact that, you know, uh, a streak had been broken in a great yeah. college football rivalry. It was just everyone's trying to figure out if Miami was going to beat Clemson. No, just – no, oh, this is. A, I was I was busy writing about how awesome it was, how awesome the ending was, and how they beat the streak. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Who you're reading? You're supposed to be reading me. Well, no, I, I think this is while you were writing it. It was just it was amazing to see the the shift almost instantly. The immediate narratives are really are frustrating more often than not. I, I mean, I look, Miami. We, as we said in the midweek show, the Florida State game has defined Miami's season for almost a decade, and if. Miami responds really well to a win, like the opposite of how they responded to losses. Uh, the skies, I mean, okay, skies the limit's a bad way to put it. They're still not going to be like a top three team or something, especially if Mark Walton's out and it appears he is. I, I kind of mm-hmm. like Travis Homer, but somebody else is going to have to carry the ball besides Travis Homer. Um, so, yeah, yeah, every game's winnable the rest of the season. We were talking about their weird schedule. They got like two road games left, uh, they, but they still now have to respond well. They have to use this as the game of as the springboard, as opposed to you know just falling in the pool like they usually do after the Florida State game. So uh, they play Georgia Tech this week. That's a really weird game because we've already said Georgia Tech's name. They are a top tw- tw- twenty-five caliber old crusty old antisocial Paul Johnson won't just lose so they can fire him like everybody. He wants. He just keeps winning, and uh, this is it. kind of a, a, a perfect letdown game opponent, really. Um, so it's up to Miami here. That's that's really all I can say. They they have uh, it, it, the the path is clear for them to win their first division title. I think they're better than Virginia Tech, or I should say, they have been better than Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech so far. But now's the test. You know, you, you said it the best last week. You said, you know, it's not that they play at Florida State once. It's that they keep playing them over and over again after they lose. Now we have to see what happens. The Texas Christian University Horned Frogs of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, this game was 30, 31-24 final, right? Mm-hmm. In Big 12 context, you think, wow, that was kind of a balanced game, right? <laughs> TCU gave up over 500 yards. They still won the game. So even in, even in non-Big 12 moments, it's still very a Big 12 thing. Um, I came away from this kind of uh, – I'm bullish on TCU, but I was also just more impressed and more interested in West Virginia in a loss. Um, I didn't expect that. I kind of expected TCU <laughs> to roll in this game, and West Virginia acquitted itself very nicely, I thought. Um, yeah, this was – TCU had to win this game with field position and finishing drives, basically. Um, and, I mean, they dominated field position, which is kind of why they won. Yep. Uh, but they, they had to win the turnover battle to do it. They had to dominate field position. They had to get that awesome trick play uh, catch and run by, t- by Kenny Hill. Um, Kenny Hill, yeah. touchdown running, touchdown passing, touchdown receiving. That's right. Yeah, it was it was a good game, and and West Virginia. I mean, I I you know if you look at where I put them in my own power rankings as opposed to S and P, I thought you know one of the weaknesses of the S and P projections is it doesn't do a good job of um, of accounting for transfers. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of thought that, you know, the, the, the presence of Will Greer there would mean more than the numbers thought it would, but I still had a lot of questions about Will Greer. And he's kind of he's kind of lived up to the impression that I had of him in the Virginia Tech game, which is basically, this dude's crazy. 
Um, he's not very efficient. He's going to make some dumb decisions. He's going to take sacks. He's going to yep. throw picks. Yep. Uh, he's going to make some big plays. Yep. And um, he was 10 for 22 for 241 on passing downs against TCU. That pretty much perfectly des- <laughs> uh, describes it. He, he was under 50%. He wasn't efficient at all. But when he completed a pass, he went for 24 yards a pop. West Virginia is going to ruin somebody's year late in the stretch. Man, they're Big three weeks is, away from oh, Okie State. Big so. Twelve is the most interesting conference right now. Yeah, you know, and as I put it in the in the post that went up this morning, they, they now have the best average S and P plus rating of any team. Of any conference, I mean. Texas, Oklahoma, not that Texas is a contender, just sort of do that by default, but Texas and Oklahoma are late in West Virginia's schedule. I think this team will get better as the year goes on. They're going to break something in terms of going down the stretch in this. They're not going to be a factor on their own, but I just think they're – I came away. TCU's great, probably the best team in the conference right now with a huge freaking asterisk next to that because I don't know how much – I don't even know where the line of separation is in this conference. Um but yeah, I was, there are seven teams in the top 37 at the moment, S&P okay. wise. Yeah. And that's crazy. And it's, they're good. No one's dominant. It's what we all are complaining that we want the SEC to be, and we're just not sort of paying that the respect that we should give it, I guess. And by the way, just to, to balance this respect, uh, yes, I should mention that we, we've never, it's never been more plain and clear that the Big 12s conference title game is the dumbest freaking creation in the history of the world well they, yeah, i mean you're gonna have to survive uh, you know all this parody you're gonna play nine games you're gonna play a round robin and then you have to play a 10th game like i don't man it's gonna be weird i i don't i mean that's just a, an unnecessary obstacle just we'll put a pin in that for this week's show but i have i, I got thoughts bill uh number 10 speaking of the big 12 oklahoma state number nine auburn number eight oklahoma number seven Wisconsin will beat you to death with a lead pipe. It's just going to take a minute, okay? And number six, the Clemson Tigers. Um, uh, I guess everybody wants to kind of think about Oklahoma um, and figure out if this is uh, the start of something bad or this is maybe um, the cost of doing business in this league that we just touched upon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with B, um, and I think that they're going to be fine. I think, I think this is the cost of doing business when you have a team that has, according to S&P again, when you break it out, the number one offense and the number 64 defense. They couldn't make a stop. It's a very, very good point, especially when you finally have an uh, Iowa State team that's capable of taking advantage of those discrepancies in league play. Because, you know, that's sort of the MO of, of the Big 12. And the bad teams have just never been able to take advantage on <laughs> offense when good teams have bad defenses in the Big 12. And I think we've all seen this well, phenomenon can't before. Do. Right. I, I think we've seen this phenomenon before where um, Oklahoma, basically you got this weird game and you're they're starting, Iowa State's starting a new quarterback and you think you're going to win. You're not, you know, it's kind of weird. You got, you score a touchdown, you force a three and out, you score a touchdown and you go into cruise control. Mm-hmm. And then Iowa State came out and they, they threw Joel Lanning in at quarterback a little bit here and there. Uh, Kemp started throwing some uh, pretty, but he, he got some nice downfield passes, but he got a lot of just quick sideline passes with good blocking that turned into big plays. Uh, and I think Ohio, uh, Oklahoma just, once you've checked out, once you've gone into cruise control, it's really hard to get checked back in and they couldn't do it. Iowa State just kept coming at them and and it was, just became one of those situations where we're like, why won't you lose? And they wouldn't. Iowa State had nothing to lose. That's, that's right. I mean, that's not to get philosophical about it, but don't get into a bar fight with someone who's willing to bite you in the face and <laughs> take their pants off and scream. 
I mean, there's literally no reason for Iowa State to go up or down or rise or fall throughout the course of this game because they're Iowa State. Real quick before we move on, those 1990 Cyclones uniforms, I like when someone goes, you know what, dominant color, this uniform is going to be canary yellow and it's going to look awesome. Um, <laughs> Auburn's good. I came to terms yes. with that last week. Um, yes. I, I, I remember we had questions about Auburn before, and now we're okay with Auburn again. Um don't know if what a drubbing of Ole Miss is yet because the old like have they quit talk radio narrative is still like we're still figuring that out about the Rebels. Um, but it doesn't really matter at this point. Auburn's done everything they've needed to against teams that they've needed to. Uh, it sets up a really, really interesting game against LSU. Um, I've just been interested in so many uh, SEC games this year because of the angst around every freaking <laughs> I know program. We got, we got kind of sassed at uh, uh, in the comment section of our of last Wednesday's show about oh the, you're 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 the you're supposed to be the off brand blah blah blah. You're talking about the SEC every week now. I, guess I think it's I think for me specifically as a reporter who deals with like coach hire fire and athletic director that kind of in that kind of world you're not going to get any more crazy than you are in in the everybody but bama part of the league and so yeah it's weird i'm sitting here talking about a game that hasn't happened yet i mean we have talked about them more but in the context of them sucking well what i mean what i was about to admit was the the three-hour quality of life of watching a Big 12 game on average is so much better right now. And we're just not – once again, it, it's almost like you just can't win for trying. Nobody's noticing. So, I mean, Oklahoma, more fun to watch. Oklahoma State, more fun to watch. TCU, way more fun to watch. Even down to West Virginia, like we touched on. And then you go through these teams that aren't Alabama or Georgia, and it's like you just want to see how mad their fans are going to get. That's pretty much the reason why we're doing this. <laughs> Um, uh, Clemson, uh, I think they should be higher. This is probably the only one I'd really argue with the S and P plus about, except I understand that the S and P plus is an Excel document and a bunch of macros and it's not a real thing. So don't get mad. It rewards dominance and Clemson has gone out of its way to basically, all right, we're up 10 or 14. We're not doing a damn thing unless until the other team shows that it can get within seven or three or whatever. And that's, that's, you know, it's, you know, you lay that out on your little spreadsheet and it's going to say, well, they didn't put this team away ever. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about the top five. Let's talk about what the S and P plus did to America this week, Bill. (laughs) Um, Your biggest gainer is up five. That's your Georgia Bulldogs coming in at number five. You have Penn State at number four. You have Washington at number three. Alabama's at number two. <laughs> and that leaves the five and one Ohio State Buckeyes at the top of the S&P Plus, ahead of undefeated Bama, undefeated Washington, undefeated Penn State, undefeated Georgia, undefeated Clemson, undefeated Wisconsin. And the week that OU lost, no less. Okay, Bill. <laughs> Atone. Well, I think I just gave it away by what I said about Clemson. S&P okay. Plus rewards dominance, especially dominance against teams with a pulse. Um, and right now you're looking at a situation where I'm pulling up Ohio State's results real quick here. Uh, they outgained a Maryland team that beat Texas. Now, and I joked in the piece this morning, there's not a, an exploding Maryland quarterbacks uh, adjustment here. Right. So it doesn't see that. What it, what it sees is Maryland – Beat pretty handily a Texas team that's in the top 30. Ohio State outgained Maryland 584 to 66. They didn't just beat Rutgers. They beat them by 56, and they outgained them 628 to 209. Uh, They outgained Army 586 to 278, and Army's done pretty dang well since then. They outgained Indiana. 
596 to 437, and Indiana's in the top 40. They have Oklahoma game aside. There's no, there's no spinning Oklahoma as a good result. They couldn't do what they needed to do. Oklahoma did whatever it wanted. Oklahoma aside, the other five games they've played, they've been almost perfect. And Look, that's this is all a lie, and you don't have to go through with it. Let's just admit the fact that Alabama dropped a spot because they gave up a safety to Texas A&M. <laughs> It was funny. I mean, I'm talking about dominance. Like, like Alabama didn't just win the last hit game, two games by 122 points or whatever. Uh, but Ohio State's basically done that five times now. That's the difference. But let's explore that for a second. Okay. Alabama murders a Vanderbilt team that literally couldn't compare with them at any single position at any point in time. Either ones versus ones or their Alabama's twos and threes versus at Vanderbilt's ones. Yeah, Ole Miss may be psychologically broken and just sort of, <laughs> sort of just not there this year because of everything off the field. All right, I mean, they definitely have an interim head coach. That's a big deal. Texas A and M's not great. Um, no. They're not awful. Yeah. We're sort of understanding floor and ceiling, but uh, Alabama was human at times. Yeah, uh, well into the second half of this game. Yeah, and that needs to be. I mean, that is something that we can talk about and not even in a joking manner. Yeah, and, and if you're basing all of this in the in the world of S&P here, A&M right now is 44th, Ole Miss right now is 64th, Vanderbilt is 72nd, Army is 74th. So our, Army and Vanderbilt are basically the same at this point, and Ohio State, so that, that kind of canceled out Alabama-Vanderbilt because Ohio State did the same thing to Army. And meanwhile, like I said, Maryland is, uh, well, now they, they were top 60. Now they're top 80. Uh, they, they fell 20 spots um, with what happened to them on, on Saturday. Uh, but Indiana's 37th, I believe. And, uh, and, and, I mean, again, their only loss was to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's still 8th. So, I mean, I, it's, it always looks weird when you've got, you know, a, a, a team with a blemish ahead of a t- bunch of teams that don't have one. But in terms of dominance, that's how dominant Ohio State has been. And if it's kind of a false thing where they play good, they can't do that against top 10 teams. Well, we'll find out soon enough. They play Penn State pretty soon. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll, they'll stay number one. But basically, this is the second time in four years where Ohio State took on, took an early season loss, licked their wounds, figured out what they were doing wrong, and then laid waste to everything in their path. And so uh, if they keep that up, you know, it's we know they can because they've already they did it three years ago. Uh, and it wouldn't be ju- it wouldn't be that incredibly crazy to see them do it. Bill, we don't even take questions right now. We don't even do this on the Sunday show. Oh. But but uh, a little bug was put in my ear by at Alex Simon ninety nine, and this is a nice transition into our closing segment. Out of all the potential college football playoff matchups still in play, how high does Georgia Miami rank? Let me tell you, Alex, yeah. ranks pretty damn high. I, I yelled when I saw that tweet. I actually hadn't even thought about it. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Uh, Bill, with that in mind. Uh, even though Alex may have just outdone this entire segment with his question, <laughs> give me uh, give me your uh, give me your playoff prediction and give me your yeah. ideal playoff. Um, I do think probably Ohio State comes back to win the Big Ten at this point. Um, I, 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 I think I just trust them a little bit more than Penn State, although Penn State wins every single game by about two more touchdowns than I expect to, Iowa game aside. Certainly so, got that Northwestern monkey off their back. Right, yeah. I mean, this, and they didn't even play. That's the thing. Like, they've kind of mastered the art of, you know, where are the big plays? Where are all the things we came to appreciate about Penn State? Well, no, they're just going to be more efficient. They're going to be efficient on offense, efficient on defense. They're going to tilt the field dramatically, and eventually you're going to give out and uh, good 
Their defense is very good, and we'll see how good it is against a real offense soon enough, although Michigan uh, doesn't call. Uh, maybe but Ohio not. State maybe does. not. Um, okay, so ideal playoff? Um, ideal play. Well, I didn't even say that. I, I just talked a long time without answering the first question. The, oh, yeah, the play- okay, so Ohio State's in, Alabama's in, Clemson's in, uh, and I'm going to say that at this point – uh, Washington, I guess. So we're we're looking at a probably Richard a re- seeding. Oh God, I re- I just named last year's playoff: Alabama, Washington, Ohio State, Clemson. That sucks. But the ideal playoff that really does suck. Uh, we're we're gonna ride the Miami Georgia train this week because okay. that was awesome. All right. Uh, and I want to go ahead and uh, continue my banging the drum for Alabama, Penn State as well, even though Penn State isn't making as many big plays now. Uh, so that's two SEC teams in a year where the SEC isn't very good, but screw it. All right. I've gone for a while now saying on ideal playoff, I wanted to see Penn State and Clemson offense defense. After seeing some human elements of Alabama, I want to see Penn State, Alabama first round. So that's, a one, that's your one in the four. Uh, I'm going to go TCU Clemson as a two and three. Yeah. I think that's. I think that would be fun. And then, um, well, my, actually, I mean, Clemson. I, I don't want both Alabama and Clemson in the ideal playoff. But yeah, that's a pretty. Yeah. Good, that's uh, a fun my matchup. prediction is. I think it's unfortunately pretty chalky. I still think I do think Penn State is the best team in the, in the Big Ten. I do think you're going to get in in the three. Quite possibly. Um. So I think one Bama, two Clemson, three Penn State, and then four. I think will end up being, um, uh, probably Washington. Okay. I mean, you can tell how fired up I am about that. <laughs> Um, all right, Bill. I will uh, see you Wednesday for a normal show. Yes, we're going to talk about Chris Peterson and ESPN. Uh, yes, we're going to talk about Arkansas. Yes, we're going to talk about all those things that you guys have been hitting us up on Twitter about. So we're going to have a loaded show as we are now in the heart of the season. This was the week. This was the week. Every every year we have this image in our head of thirteen and zero Big Twelve or twelve and zero. Well, now thirteen and zero Big Twelve champ against thirteen and zero SEC champ and thirteen and zero Pac twelve champ, and everybody's undefeated, and and it never works that way. I think I think Oklahoma's lost to Iowa State officially reminded everybody involved that weirdness is going to happen over the next few weeks, and it's going to be fun.